You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Uh, Michael, something you just you just prayed. I would love to lead with 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 that. You just prayed that, <laughs> you know. You said, Lord, we, we take you seriously, um, but we don't take our, like, we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. I guess I just want to start and just say that is a huge struggle of mine. Um, even as, like, we go to start talking now, I worry that I'm not going to represent him right. And so I think that actually is an interesting lead into the conversation today because when I think about my life and is talking about and thinking about evangelism, if I'm worried that I got to say it right, I wonder if I won't end up sharing it as much. And so uh, that just led from your prayer. And I, I guess I want to, yeah. I want to start it. I want to start it there because I, I think that is a good, just kind of jump into our conversation. So I'll throw it back to you to get started. Sweet. Yeah. Michael here, one of the pastors of the village with Joe Malberg and, um, Joe uh, led us in a class in January uh, of this year, 2021, uh, around evangelism. It's been a little while uh, since then, and so we're kind of doing some catch up. And um, and so, yeah, this is session two, uh, evangelism, sharing the hope. And Joe, do you want to, was there anything that you wanted to say around that idea that you just shared or just that you take yourself uh, a little too seriously sometimes? I, th- I think, I think, communicating saying in that one thing i've seen upon working through and engaging in those sessions and thinking about evangelism it caused me to think a little bit maybe broader than i had thought about evangelism before and i'm in, i'm excited to share some of those takeaways um and so i guess i just want to start by just just yeah honoring that reality that like the lord is the one who is perfect in, in, in my attempts to communicate this and even what I have to communicate, I don't think it's the thing. His spirit is the great, the great one who changes hearts and gives new life. And, and so I praise him that it's not us, even as we get started in this conversation. So hopefully there's one or two things you can take away today to, to impact the way you do evangelism and tell people about Jesus. For sure. So you kind of summarized session one on the front end and um, maybe help remind us just kind of what you talked about around styles of evangelism. So oftentimes if, and even like you, you guys listening right now, when you think of evangelism, you might have a certain picture in your mind. Um, I know in Hamilton for a while, there are people who would stand in the the corner by the courthouse holding signs. You might see that as evangelism. I worked at a middle school and people would hand out these, these Gideon small green Bibles to kids on their way out. I think you might see that as evangelism. Um, for me, I have a default view um, of, of what it is. And none of these, I don't think any of these things are necessarily like, no, that's not it. Um, but what I, what I wanted to do in the first session is just to, to kind of ask the question, what is it? What does it look like? And I think, I think I put the word style on it because we dug into a lot of different passages in scripture. We, we, we went to, um, different parts of the gospels and just um, in groups dug into them and asked the question, what style do we see people using Jesus, um, 
his disciples, you see John the Baptist, what styles are they using to communicate truths about God, his character, and his kingdom, his good news? Sweet. And so those would be uh, kind of as a lifestyle, relational, there's some supernatural stuff. And so there's just a mixed bag in the scriptures and in our life, just directly sharing your testimony, invitation, uh, street preaching, all the things. Um, that is a helpful, just kind of couch us in what is evangelism, looking at those things, which kind of segues in that. Uh, so any of those things can be right. And any of those things can be uh, maybe not wrong, but different based on what you say and what you're trying mm. to communicate. And so the big idea of session two centered around the content of evangelism and kind of before we get into what is appropriate and what is good, what do you think people get wrong often with regards to evangelism in mm. terms of content? Sure. Well, I remember me in high school, um, making sure that as I communicated the gospel, that I had it laid out kind of step by step. And I felt like I was almost forcing um, this person that I was hanging out with through, you know, you got to know this. Okay. You, now, do you get this? Okay. Now, do you get this? Okay. Now here's what we got to do to really make this happen. So I think seeing something as a seeing it as a formula i think is something we can get wrong um i think another thing we can get wrong is is believing that we have the power to change a heart um one of my good friends that i actually got to share about jesus with one time we were camping in in, in college and he was in high school at the time um well okay i shared the gospel with him the next day we're driving home and he's like, Hey, go, go, go. He's in the backseat raising his, I don't know why he was raising his hand. I don't know. Uh, he was like, Hey, so I got to do good things to get to heaven. Right. And I was like, Oh man, that's, did you hear what I said yesterday? And it, it took him, not him. It, it took, it took the spirit in him. It, there was months of him processing through that until one day he was like, I want this. I want this. He's like, I want to, I want to I I go take communion today. And he was going to church for a while and everything with us. I got to watch him share the gospel actually with someone at the village after gathering, they got into it and it got really heated. This was a few years ago. And he was mm -hmm. actually, he was fuming after the gathering and he was like, Joe, come here, come here. <laughs> he won't, he won't, he does not get what I'm saying. And, and, and it was just trying to communicate this freedom to him of like, you can't cause somebody to believe this. So. That's sweet. Um, man, that's a cool story. It's kind of the uh, the multiplication piece of evangelism and disciple making and all that stuff. Hey, Joe, so you redirected us back to the list of scriptures that, that we've kind of been working through in, in session one and in session two, and you kind of encouraged the class to reflect a bit. So in that, the goal was to get to some evangelism content, like what we see from the Bible, words and phrases or whatever. Um what did what did people pull out of the scriptures or what what did we observe in the scriptures and maybe what were some of those talking points that came out of that mm. so what we did is is in each group um, everybody in the group had a particular passage they were zooming in on and as you said the week before they were just looking at style what what style of evangelism is, is being used here and then this week yeah they dug into the content okay so so you might have said the style you saw last week was um, was a style of pointing people 
um, to the Lord through showing them their need or asking questions. And I think that's a style that some of you might use more regularly. Like somebody comes to you and that they're struggling and maybe you have just an ability to ask a question that really hits at the heart to show them some their need for Jesus, to show them um, their need for him. And so some of the content that stood out in that, that particular style that people saw was a phrase like, believe in the Lord Jesus, repent, turn from your sin. Just kind of these direct to the point, simple yet profound statements calling people to action and seeing their need. Um, also, we see Jesus asking um, someone in their need, do you want to be well? To me, that's so impactful, not just to think about the style. Everybody hits their, a lot of people hit their lowest point in life. And so I think a question that we might ask is like, okay, if we're going to evangelize in that style where somebody's at their lowest point, what do we see in scripture? What content? What, 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 what is said? And we see Jesus asking a question. Uh, we don't see him saying, oh, well, do you know why? Do you know, like he's, he says, do you, do you want to be well? Um, and so I think we see in that some powerful questions in, in evangelism. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is really encouraging to just start with like, yeah, we go in just wanting to tell people all the things and say the things and, and they might not even be at the place to where they, they want to be well. <laughs> I mean, that, but, that's like, yeah. And, and to that, I, I think what it opens up is a convert. I, and, and again, I hope these sessions help open our minds to the many opportunities we have. Because again, a lot of the context of this, when you asked me to do this, I started praying like, Lord, give me opportunities. And nobody walked up to me and said, hey, can you share the gospel with me? Can what must I me? do to be saved? Yeah, people didn't do that. <laughs> not that they can't, uh, but, and not that, not, that, not that they can't, but what I began seeing is opportunities that I might not have saw or opportunities I might not have considered. And so another style that we see in scripture is um, was the, the terms, the group kind of put on it is this, this countercultural uh, style. When we live a certain way, it tends to make people ask questions. And I, and I think an example of this you see when Jesus is, is with the Samaritan woman at the well. He was living counterculture. She said, why, why is it that you, how is it that you would you ask for, for, for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? Um, so th there's this counterculture that's happening and it begs questions. And that is another style I think we can use and then we can, we can, we can in our response, um, just kind of seek, what do we see in the scriptures, people responding in that counterculture like? Um, we see Jesus not saying, oh yeah, do you know why I did it? Like we, 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 we see him tenderly like caring for her, speaking right oh. to her heart. There, um, yeah, those two things are, are helpful. Uh, and I don't know, I'll kind of uh, summarize. I think we looked at maybe like a jail incident and some other things that I think we would maybe call as like supernatural opportunities to where it's like, God does some crazy stuff and like you mm -hmm. couldn't duplicate that if you tried. Mm -hmm. But when you put all of those things together, like, um, and, and maybe this is like the thing, like when I hear repent and believe, I'm like, man, that's just a little abrasive. You know what I mean? Like in our sure. cultural context, people might not respond. Now some, some would, but people might not be like, 
oh, okay, like I got to repent. But when you give a rip, like Jesus did at the woman at the well, mm. and and then you offer truth, then you're like, and that's not like a formula for people yeah. like trusting Jesus, but it's like those two things working in tandem. And, and I think when you put all of that together, the supernatural, um, the just bold declaration, repent and believe, and people actually did that, do that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that tell us about how the, about the work of the spirit in evangelism? Mm. Few things are going through my mind, but one of them, because it's his work, you think about, and we, we kind of started off the session too with the question, what biblical truths did the spirit illuminate as you began to believe? And I think the reality is anybody listening or anybody that was in those sessions, the way the Lord pursued us and showing us our need and pointing out truth is probably different um, for each of us because he knows us. Same truth, but I think the way he pursues us might be just maybe a bit different based on who we are or what we need and maybe that season or situation and our maybe even our personal tendencies in life, our sin habits and patterns. You think about he calls um, some that he, he calls the rich young ruler to sell all he has. Um, you don't see him call that to same thing to everybody. So to me, that that reminds me of this repent and turn from your sin. I see that that kind of directness to the rich young ruler. Um, but then you see it a little bit different. Same call to Matthew, follow me. Um, and he follows him. And then you see it even a little bit different with the woman caught in adultery. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. And so there's the same call, but you see it a bit different to the heart of that person in that moment of situation. So I think what it, to me, what it challenges me to, and I think what it ought to challenge us to, is because our faith and the Lord is not a formula, I think the Lord is at work, and we see it, Jesus says the harvest is plenty, and the workers are few, like the Lord, I would say the the Lord is doing his work, I think that we get to be mindful of the many situations that we are around us. And I think that sure. if we see one of these styles more so than another, I think that we get to ask, hey, like what, what maybe are some barriers to that style? For example, Michael, I, I was in a conversation with Kim um, and she shared a lot about how one of her kind of uh, go-to styles is invitation. She said growing up, she would just invite people. I think that might be a way that you met. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. She would just be so invitational, people to come to church. And I thought, man, like, I don't know if I've really invited many people who are not believers. Like, hey, like, would you want to come to church? I've never considered that or thought about that as a, a mission opportunity or, or a form of evangelism. Um, my go-to style might be to connect. And I'm going to ask you some deep questions and hope that you ask me, why are you asking me questions like this? You seem different. Um, So to me though, if I'm not inviting people, if I'm not just giving invitations to, to, to follow the Lord, to trust the Lord, I think it starts to reveal something in me. Is it like, am I afraid of being rejected? Like I can ask you a bunch of deep questions and not really feel rejected if, if you don't answer them in a certain way or whatever, but 
if I invite you and you don't show up, will I feel rejected? So it, it starts to bring up some heart, some barriers. Man, that for, for me, like I would say, uh, I fall into a relational category, build relationships, establish trust. I hate being um, deceived or manipulated. So if somebody, you know, met me and then started telling me something that I needed and they didn't even know me, mm. it would be like, that's, that's off. So then I don't engage that way because that's, you know, I don't like to be treated that way. And so therefore, but, but others, that's, that's not an obstacle. And so for me, it becomes a matter of, and I can develop a relationship. I can even talk about like the things of God and then begin to even burrow down into the heart a little bit. And then when it gets to the point of like declaring the gospel, uh, whatever that looks like, which we'll talk about in a second, um, you know, what it is that we declare. But for me, like my pitfall is like, even that point, and we can say, oh, you know, cool. Okay. Yeah. That, so these things, that's oh, about what Jesus did, not what we do. Okay, cool. Well, hey, have a good one. See you later. But not at any point saying, what do you think about that? Which is like the point for them to like, mm. have, have the space to hear gospel truth. But then what does it look like for the allegiance of their heart to change? And mm. I don't, I don't, I don't give space for that. And, and so, um, yeah, that's just something to be mindful of or whatever. So let me ask you this. What, what is, what should we share with others that is the, the offer of hope in Christ? And I say that, um, and it might not be in one conversation, um, um, although maybe it, it would have to be, but if there's somebody that you're talking to, what, I guess what I'm saying is, what is the gospel of truth that someone must hear and respond to, uh, to repent and believe? What must they re repent of and believe in? You know, if, if you could kind of articulate maybe just the basics of the gospel that somebody would need to hear in order to believe me. Mm. So it was this, I, I, I want to say this, that session two, when everybody dug into their passages and when, when they wrote down some of those key phrases that they see in those passages, I asked them, hey, can, let's, let's share some of these out. And I wrote them up on the board. And then I just asked the group, like, let's like, just look at this. What do you think? What do you notice? What are some commonalities that you see? What was really impactful for me was to see, I mean, just what you said, believe in the Lord Jesus, repent, turn from your sin. Believe in the Lord Jesus, repent from your sin. It was powerful to really see those were two common phrases. Um, and, and, I, and I think so much springs from right there. And so I think then, you know, questions like, well, what does it mean to believe in the Lord Jesus? And what does it mean to, to turn from our sin? Um, yeah. But I, I think it was powerful for the group to just step back and, and it was just kind of like a, wow, like, huh. It, it, it's worded so simply, but yet I think it's so profound. And so yeah. to your question, and I, and I will just acknowledge, I don't think I did a great job in if I, reflecting on these sessions, answering that question boiled down. Like, what are those key components of the gospel of truth? I do think at their, their simplest form, I think it, we see it right there. Believe in the Lord Jesus, repent, turn from your sin. I, th I think we see it right there. 
but actually fleshed out. I, I don't think I did a great job expanding yeah. on that. I think we saw a variety of ways to talk about God and his kingdom and use a variety of styles and opportunities to do so. But I do, I do want to talk about it now. And I am glad that you asked. Um, and, 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 and I will say, I, I think we can share the gospel in a few words like that, but I think we can also expand greatly. I remember when I was in college, um, I heard somebody really begin to expand on um, the cross and Jesus on the cross and what happened to Jesus on the cross, um, talking about how because we are sinful and because God made a plan to, to, to redeem us to him, to bring us to him, we, um, we, um, he, he, he gave us his son to, to take that punishment. And so for me, when, I, when the Lord helped open my eyes in that moment to see the reason for his death, that was huge for me. And I remember after that, I just started to recite um, the gospel over and over and over. And what I was reciting in that moment was like, God made everything. He made everything good. There was harmony between humanity and God. And then men and women chose to sin, to go their own way, to choose to trust in something other than the Lord themselves and, 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 and what the world has to offer. And you see so much wrapped up in that, that Genesis 3. Um, so much is wrapped up in there that I think we can see in, in, in a lot of our sin tendencies, we see so many seeds of them right there. Um, and then we see a separation because of that. We see God sending Adam and Eve out of the garden, um, no longer in that perfect, harmonious relationship with him. Um, and, and because of that, there's curse, and we feel that in our life. Um, and ultimately, the wages of sin is, is, is death. And I think we feel that both in this life and especially in the life to come. Um, death being a, a separation from God forever, and, and not just a separation, but, but receiving the, the, the punishment, the, the due punishment for our sin, for not, not honoring him as God and not, not trusting in him. Um, and so that leads us to a position of, well, well what? Like, what, what is our hope? For the longest time for me, my hope was just, okay, I'm going to prove myself to that God Part of me knew I, I was not what I where I needed to be or what I needed to be doing, so I just worked, 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 worked. And so, for me and and for us, the good news is that Jesus did the work. He lived perfectly, perfectly obedient, perfectly in trust and obedience and love to His Father, um, and took all of our sin on Himself and received that punishment. Um, because He rose from the dead, we get to we get to trust in Him to have eternal life forever and a new heaven perfect relationship with the Lord. And until then, he brings renewal in us. He gives us his spirit, makes us his son, his daughter, and brings renewal. So even in me saying that, that probably was five minutes. I'm wondering what, how many people would I, to me, thinking about that as five minutes, like what's the reality that I share that with anybody today? Um, yeah. But this morning, somebody asked me about foster care, and they were like, hey, you're awesome. You and your wife are wonderful. You're saints. And from this, from these sessions, 
part of what I wanted to do and in leading into session three is like take a repeated situation that you find yourself in, take somebody you find yourself around a lot, take a location you're in a lot. How can you utilize a different style for sharing and evangelizing? And so that was my focus. People say that all the time. You're saints. You guys are saints. Did you know that? And so for my, me, my takeaway from these sessions is like, you know, our faith is important to us. And I, I've, I've, I'm, I've been in some dark places, you know, and, and the Lord has, has, has helped me bring me up in that. And so that's what we want to do. And that's, I got to share that this morning, but if I wanted to take that five minutes, I never would. So then the question is, did I share enough? So this is, this is tough stuff. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so that gospel, and, and we talk about the kind of narrative, creation, fall, rescue, restoration. We look at, you know, just as you said, in that, that five minutes, God created everything that was good, sin breaks stuff. We are without hope. Uh, the law of God shows us that we are without hope. God sent one who perfectly fulfilled the law. Um, he died for sin to absorb the wrath of God. He raised a life to defeat sin, Satan, death, all the things. He, he invites us to be unified by the, the work of the spirit, unified to his life. And he reigns as king. And one day we get to live with him forever. That narrative, we get to see, just like you're saying, um, if you engage somebody that's in, in utter brokenness, for whatever reason, a relationship failure, tears, you, and you don't just Jesus juke people. You're not just like caring only just to say the things but you get to find out where they are on that spectrum of, of the narrative, creation, fall, rescue, restoration. And, and it, they might find themselves in brokenness. And, and the reality is, this is, we are sharing the hope that comes from the truth of redemption in Jesus. Where does the hope meet them? And then it might look totally different when you engage a coworker who, who is moral, and who thinks that he, by his good merit, is going to earn the kingdom. And you take him to uh, the rich young ruler or, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. who, who thinks that doing all the things is enough, but it's uh, apart from that. And so it really is just being when we when we embrace that narrative, when we understand um, over time, that thing isn't just like a four part narrative, but we understand you know, all of the, the branches and all the stuff from the, the greatest story ever told, then we can see people in light of where they are in that kind of redemption path. And so we get to then engage them in ways that offer the, it's the same hope. It just meets them in different ways. And so say that guy, again, who's arrogant in his morality, we might get to show him that, that by the, by the law, he's a lawbreaker and he's a sinner and he earns eternal you know, judgment upon himself. That's a lot different than sitting with someone in, in mourning and, and caring mm. with someone and them saying, why are you being so, so caring? And you get to say, well, gosh, I, I just get to reflect the God who cares for me in spite of, mm. you know what I'm saying? So that, I mean, that, and I guess the next question maybe is, is sort of that play between style and content. And that's really yeah. just what we're talking about, you know, like. I, yes, I, to, to continue to paint that out a bit. Um, two things, I think it was, I think it's Wesley. I think it's John Wesley. I, I, 
was reading something a while back and he talked about faith and he talked about, you know, faith is more than just a, a mental assent to being able to regurgitate something that's true. So even in what, what we just went through, like the truths of the gospel, I would say for a while I, I could recite them, but, but I think that is certainly, I think, important. But we, this idea of resting, of relying, of like this throwing our hope on something in desperation and in, 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 in trust, that I think is, that is faith. And, and we have to know what we're putting our faith in. And I think those statements are big because those statements are all truths of the gospel that, that in Christ we get to put our hope in. Um, yeah. And I think you just made me think, yeah, what if we get to share those truths? And then maybe from that, we get to share, well, how, how do I know that? How do I know that that's how God is for me? Because I know how I feel. I don't always feel like he's with me. How can I know, you know? Um, but I definitely think there's times of sharing the whole thing because it is, it is the greatest story ever. And I think it speaks to, think about Scott talking about how it speaks to something deep in our hearts that, that is true. It's true. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, you shared two resources and again, it was a little while ago. I don't know if you even remember these, but you, you talked about the ask pastor, John, John Piper, uh, street huh? preaching versus relationships, uh, kind of, uh, set up. And then, and then you, I think contrasted that with, um, the gospel comes with the house key. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, what were you trying to bring home by, you know, shining light on those examples? Well, I think just this this picture that, that we kind of just painted, I took, you know, five minutes to explain the gospel and um, the question being, is that the way we do it? And if so, I wonder how that would affect the sh sharing the gospel and, and like, or do we get to share implications and truths of the gospel and who God is and, 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 and is is that what we get to do? And I think it's both. I think, I think the answer is both, but I think it just paints a picture of two different people doing this. So, so Piper, somebody asked him about that question, you know, what's more effective. And he answered it by saying, you know, um, one of the things I do is I, I jog, I take these, these evangelism jogs and I'll jog up to people and I'll say, Hey, have you heard greatest news ever? Like, what, what do you mean? And, and he'll share the gospel and then ask them like, do, do you want to trust Jesus? Like that invitation piece. <clears throat> And so to contrast that, which is typically what I would, what I would think, like that is how I need to share the gospel. Um, Rosaria Butterfield in her book shares a neighbor in, a, in just a relationship struggle um, coming to her house and saying, my spouse like just literally said, I'm, I'm ugly and, and they, don't, they don't really want to you know, be with me. And, and she said, Jesus would never treat you like that. And so she asked the question in her book, need I say more? And, and I think it captures that question of, do I need to in that moment say, wow, this is an opportunity for me to take five minutes to explain for you the greatest story ever. And it's like, sure, I think we can. And the spirit is the one who gives faith no matter what, but like how beautiful it is that we get to share those implications 
that actually are, are so life-giving for me in the day-to-day -day as well. So I, I, I don't know, I don't have any answers, but I think I love bringing up the conversation. And I think it actually has given me more freedom to share the gospel, to share. And I don't even know if I would call it sharing the gospel. What I shared this morning, hey, you're a saint. Well, no, like, let me tell you why we do what we do. And, and I, you know, I've been in brokenness and the Lord has brought me out. And so that is what we want to do for this baby. Like, do I need to say more yeah. in that moment? I, it's the tension. So, yeah, sometimes people read a, a chapter of a book at a time. And, and if we think that we have to give them the entire book every time, it's like, well, we're constantly going to feel incomplete. Um, but man, I mean, you look at uh, Paul in First Corinthians and, and I scattered the seed and some uh, Apollos came along and watered and so on and so forth. And, mm. and we get that. But then when it becomes, when it comes to like, how am I being faithful? How am I being a faithful evangelist? It's like, we have to say all the things to every person all the time. It's like, I don't, I, I mean, I guess that's a pretty siloed, isolated view of, yeah. And so God uses all of his church in lots of ways and he uses the spirit and he uses circumstances and he uses truth proclaimed and all those things. And so to get to come alongside and, and scatter some seed or, or splash some water on something or be sunlight. I think that's okay. I think, I think. Yeah, and that's, and that's why I love to bring it up. I, I, I think that's what was interesting to me. If you asked, hey, can you lead a session on sharing the gospel? I wonder if, if I would have taken it in a different direction. Compared to, can you prepare sessions on evangelism? For some reason, yeah. it, it kind of, it shifts a little bit. Um, for hmm. example, uh, the boy who was blind, Jesus heals him. People are questioning him. They're like, tell, like, tell us about this man. Like, I, th I think they were like, hey, he's a sinner, right? Tell, tell, tell. And he's like, I, or who did this to you? And he's like, I, I, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. And, and I, I think like, I would call that evangelism. I would call, I would call that evangelism. Yeah, and I got you. Would I call that sharing the gospel? If the gospel is a four part, I, I an implication. So that's, a, that's good. That's helpful. I mean, what you're describing though, with the, Hey, you guys foster and adopt that is living your life. Uh, always being ready to tell of the hope that you have living mm. your life with God's glory being our highest aim, then you get to point to pieces of him. I have a great dad who cares for me even when I'm not what, oh, wow, okay. I mean, you, you get to share that, you know, in some staff meeting. Hey, Joe, update on da, da, da. Oh, man, gosh. You know, well, how is it that you and your wife would sacrifice, and, man, somebody sacrificed in a greater way for me, laid mm -hmm. down his life. Mm -hmm. That's the least we could do. Oh, wow. That's, that's just a little sliver. It's not the whole thing, but I think we get to do that. Um, yeah, so how about this? I will say final thoughts on session two. And then I wasn't at session three, but if you want to just give maybe a, uh, I mean, not like a 15 minute, like a, a, a recap of hey, what was the aim of, of three? And then I have a bonus question for you to close it out. Secret Sounds bonus question. A secret bonus question. Okay. Um, I, I think just, Final thoughts. We talked through barriers. Um, <clears throat> Aaron Debink shared uh, in session two just about a transformation the Lord is bringing him through in evangelism. 
Um, he rock climbs. He goes to that question of where do you find yourself regularly? He rock climbs. He goes there regularly. And um, he's, he's, he's been pretty intentional recently in relationships that he has. And he quoted um, 2 Corinthians, um, I believe, in chapter 6. I'll, I'll, I'll read a, a little bit of it. Um, he talked about the idea of, of fear. And he said, you know, if, if my fear of what people think about me is, is what I fear the most, and, and I, I probably wouldn't. But he said, you know, what, what, what I get to do is, is fear like a, like a holy, a, awe, a weighty fear to God that he, he matters most. His opinion of Aaron matters the most, um, which is love for Aaron. Therefore, this is in um, 2 Corinthians 5, 11, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Um, and so it, it's, there's a, there's a many barriers that I think inhibit a variety of styles that we might use. And I think what, what is beautiful is that I think the Lord meets us as a good dad right there. Um, and I think it is an opportunity to believe and trust in him. Um, for the last session, I asked those three questions. Um, hey, where do you where do you find yourself regularly? Who do you find yourself around often that doesn't trust Jesus? And what situations or events do you see happening to you again and again and again? And this was actually neat. I, the table I was working at, one um, one guy there was sharing about how he just got a new job. And he's, he's realized that a perspective that people have at his work might be just to kind of like um, write people off in different ways. And so he's thought, wow, uh, I want to enter into this and share, you know, God hasn't right, like he doesn't write me off. He's given me like many chances and, and, and faithful and patient. And so I want us to be a company that does that. That's powerful. That and that that that's him reflecting on a situation that he sees himself in again and again and again. And so, I think reflecting on those questions and then thinking, what content and what style, in 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 relying on the Lord's Spirit, can you can you move into, uh, in these in these areas? And so we had some some tangible takeaways like that one. That's fantastic. I mean, it's just the like the just basic how am i going to do this and it's not going to happen in the abstract of like your theology of evangelism it's going to be like who do you know where are you hanging out and who's there whatever those three questions are but it's like yeah and or what opportunities do you have and so that's on the ground today you will have you will be around people you will be in spaces and you will be in opportunities um yeah and so um yeah, that's that's really helpful. And so, yeah, I mean, I think whoever's listening, and again, we're, we're summarizing the third one in this, so we're not going to record another one uh, unless you feel uh, strongly compelled after this. But um, yeah, just, just think of all the stuff that we chatted about and just say, okay, well, how's that show up today? And you're not going to get it right, and it's not going to be whatever, but the Spirit's at work. And so we get to prayerfully say, God, where are you at work in the people, in the places that I'm overlapping with? And would you desire to use me? And if so, give me the words and let me say the things, you know, like that's a pretty, for as heavy as it all is, if we trust God as the author of salvation and life and sustainer and redeemer, man, he can use us, you know, our, our clumsy uh, attempts at 
giving him glory with our with our words you know mm -hmm. absolutely yeah bonus question you ready you ready for this so we didn't talk about testimony too much i know it did come up in the second one um but man this is like a, a for me it's just i just i just forget sometimes like the the uh, impact of somebody just telling their story mm. um and so i know you have helped a little bit in baptisms basics kind of like uh when people get get baptized we actually have a class this week um baptism basics um helping them kind of just craft their story as they tell their story um you know on video as they're getting baptized or whatever in our center gathering um and and then um so i know you have a little yeah, you, you've helped with that a little bit here's the thing right so me and six other people are going to guatemala in two months one of the things that we're doing is we'll, we'll be doing house visits in a rural village and um pastor matt and i we got to do that um i think it was in 2018 maybe 19 we, we did that so we'll be going back there and a couple of people are kind of like freaking out because they're like dude I, what am i going to say like what do you mean share the gospel at someone's house you know and one i say uh you don't have to go to guatemala to share the gospel but two what would you say what, what how would you coach us who we, we come up uh, and by house, I mean, roosters on the I mean, dirt floor, and maybe we're just sitting outside of it. And, and they say, uh, you know, Michael, what, what have you to share with me? How would you help me and those people just real simply just craft our story? Do you have any thoughts around that? Craft our story with the gospel implication, and it doesn't have to be something robust or crazy. What comes to your mind? Mm. It's a weighty question. This is a this is a triple bonus. Um, it is triple bonus. <laughs> this is I I think an initial thing that comes to my mind is I I think that sometimes in 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 being around people, and especially in locations that are different from us, I think we can make some different types of assumptions. Um, I think that I remember when I was in college, I hung out with a certain group of people. And I, and I think that I had a lot of assumptions about the things they struggled with. And I think that I fully intended to share about the Lord in a certain way, assuming their struggles. And I'm really glad that I, I didn't I didn't end up doing that. Um, to me, I think listening. I think about that woman at the well, Jesus going up next to her. Like, I mean, what a what a wild picture. Like, why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> right? Like, clearly you're gonna you're gonna look different. Like yeah from the from probably the shoes you have on to the shirt you're wearing uh, everything your your hairstyle like you're going to look different and 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 i think my encouragement would be to just spend some time considering that interaction with jesus with the woman at the well that culture difference um what what led him to sit with her in a way that that didn't 
cause it to feel awkward, but that caused her to ask the question, how is it that you, like, did you ask for a drink from me? And also that's interesting. Just looking at that verse, he didn't go and say, that was my problem. I wanted to tell this group of people, here's what you need. Jesus, yeah. Jesus asked her for a drink. So to me, I think it's, it's not going, assuming, you know, those physical, tangible things they need, but I think wondering what, what do they have that you get to learn from and how can you in the midst of that share this greatest news ever for, for like really why you're there. And I think we see Jesus doing that, receiving something from her. And in the midst of that, sharing the greatest news ever to her. Sweet. Any closing remarks? Um, I don't think so. Thanks for listening. Um, Ephesians 1 or Colossians 1 is really great. We like read through that at the beginning and prayed through that. And I, I guess I just want to close with this. Again, I just go back to like, I don't know if this is exactly it. And, and I, I'm thankful that you didn't ask me to do it exactly right. I, I really struggle with doing things like that. So I, I, I know that I have found some freedom and I think I've actually shared about the Lord more thinking about evangelism as many opportunities in different ways. Um, I think the challenge from our conversation here is like those people that I shared that with this morning, we had an amazing conversation afterwards. They connected not about the Lord, but they connected about their own stories of, of adoption in their life. I'm wondering in my own heart, am I prone to think, okay, well, I, sh I, I, I evangelized a bit there. So I'll wait until somebody else talks again. I, I'm wondering, okay, what, what does it look like now? Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, can I be in prayer to be able to share, have opportunity and room to share these other truths of, of the story of the gospel? So thanks for listening. And I appreciate this opportunity. Bro, thank you so much for leading us in the classes and in this uh, stuff. Hopefully it's a helpful resource for the future. And um, uh, to all y'all listening, uh, we'll see you next time, whenever that is.